guys, GTV Mansfeld here, certified nutrition coach and the 365 Life Recovery Group Director. 365 Life Recovery is a program that leads with education and information on nutritional recovery during sobriety, helping to avoid relapse and replenish your body through nutrition first. As always, this information is for educational use only and is not a substitute for medical attention, treatment, examination, diagnosis, or advice of existing conditions. It is certainly not to take the place of proper medical advice from a fully qualified medical practitioner. Your electrolytes. Now you hear about electrolytes mainly in you know, like sports commercials or anywhere you're working out, maybe the gym, you know, you're running, you're playing ball, you're sweating, say you're getting rid of those electrolytes, right? You're depleting those. And simply, these are the minerals that become particles in your blood that carry a positive or negative electrical charge called ions. They sort of regulate the electricity running through your body, you know, the body electric, like we say. So they are energy, and just like your power grid at home, you know, which requires electricity for many things to function, many essential things, um, like the gaming system, right? If the source is low, you're going to experience a brownout in the house. You know, the lights are dim, come back on or dim. Or even a blackout if the main power grid, you know, goes out, right? And the opposite is just as bad. If you get too much power to the fuse box, what happens? You've seen it, it explodes, it blows up, catches on fire. Now in your body, an electrolyte consistency that is too high can also blow your blood pressure, give you other adverse symptoms. So electrolytes are not only the source of delivery to the functions of your body, they are also regulators and transmitters of ions and energy. Now, I was going to try to cover each of the main electrolytes in this podcast. Some say three, some say there are four essentials, others up to eight that need attention, and those are sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, phosphorus, chloride, and bicarbonate. Those are eight. But it's simply mind-numbing to overload that in one podcast. So I'm going to talk about today just about sodium, and it's mixed with chloride and salt, sodium chloride. So you got two there. So without sodium, you die, just like water. Without water, you die, right? So sodium is essential for basic life functions because it regulates the fluids inside and outside of your cells via your kidneys. So that's, that's what it does. It's sort of regulating that fluid or your water. This is where you will hear a lot about water retention in regards to weight loss. And of course, heart conditions and high blood pressure with overconsumption of salt, perhaps. So people always say they lose water weight in the beginning of a diet. Now that's true. Or they may blame weight gain on water weight. And in most cases, many cases, they're both correct. And a lack of sodium lets fluids into the bloodstream, into the cells. So bypassing, you know, sort of the stop sign and the get out by the kidneys to get the green light just to go on forward. So if you don't have enough sodium, you'll get swelling in the cells, around the cells, and, and many confuse this with retaining fluids due to salt, too much salt. But in many cases, it's the lack of sodium that's holding on to the water in the cells themselves. 
Now, before you rush to grab that bag of salted pretzels, peanuts, or put the anchovies on the pizza with your case of beer, you know, there's another villain condition, and I'll shorten it just to say ODS. That's all you need to know. You can Google it. But uh, the symptoms are like all the other ones. They're terrible, right? And basically, this is when you increase sodium levels too quickly. And this is why the hospital, it takes hours to go through that IV bag of sodium chloride they give you because they want to give you a slow increase of that electrolyte because giving you too much too fast is going to also cause problems. And sodium is really pitted, isn't it, as a necessary evil? But it's not evil at all. It's just the way we use it in our modern world. I mean, it gives it a bad rep. Now, with 365 Life Recovery focusing mainly on nutritional recovery, the assumption is that your sodium is most likely low, just out of whack, right? And we could spend time on how salt is overused and overconsumed, but because of the subject at hand, we will focus on the lack of sodium in your body. Now, here's the thing. Over half of those with an ethanol issue or drinking too much, right, suffer from what is called hyponatremia. Hyponatremia, a fancy pants word for low sodium, and don't mistake it for dehydration, but rather it's too much fluid or water in the bloodstream. Uh, because remember, the lack of sodium gave this water the green light from the kidneys and allows retention in the cell, cells themselves and the surrounding area, right? Since sodium regulates fluid inside and outside the cells, this is really just an overhydration of the blood, not a dehydration. So you get conditions when people drink a lot of water, right? You heard of people dying from drinking too much water, ODing on water. Well, it's a real thing. This is especially true, though, in, in people who drink a lot of beer, just beer drinkers, due to the sheer amount of water in the beer and its low sodium content. And as much as they have different terminology for beer drinkers who suffer from hyponatremia, um, called potomania, right? So hyponatremia potomania is the word. And it's really binge drinking on beer and low food intake, which is usually the case when you're binging, right? This is not when you go out and you pee out double the beer you took in, right? You drink a beer, pee too, that type of thing. This is when you binge drink beer specifically and hardly eat anything. So it differs a little bit uh, from the standard hyponatremia. That's the pretext condition to drinking too much ethanol over some time and not getting required sodium. Again, let's go back to the IV drip you got or will get eventually at the hospital. Uh, in another podcast, we talked about B1 and how they give you a drip of B1 thymine, but they primarily give you bags and bags of sodium chloride to slowly replenish the body and get those sodium levels balanced, right? So back to the main denominator, though, in nutritional recovery is to begin your road to recovery by stopping the poison of ethanol. Man, it, it just solves a lot of life issues, a lot of problems in every area. But without your health, none of those areas matter. Here's my story time. So I'm not talking as someone who never experienced the perceived need and the brainwashing that I was born with a defect, you know, craving alcohol, or I had an incurable disease, or that I could not correct my body's chemical dependency once I slowly rolled into that condition. 
Again, referencing a previous podcast, those sweet words, dude, I've been there. You know, I passed that mile marker on the road. I went to see the wizard and saw the fraud ethanol is. So by no means do I ever intend to sound like it's easy, but it is important for you to begin to change your relationship and beliefs in what ethanol is doing to you and understand it's really out to destroy you. It's not your friend. And there are many critics of this thought process. And I was probably one of them at one point. Now, I can picture this, my first drink ever. It was in college. It was a clear day. It was sunny and warm in Valdosta, Georgia, the Valdosta State. And I was hanging out with this guy. He looked like um, John Waite. You know, the guy who sung that 80s song, Missing You. Um, that guy was drinking Canadian Mist with 7-Up, version of 7 and 7, and he asked if I wanted one. Well, I thought to myself, sure, I'm in college, you know, I should drink. That's what you do. So as he poured it, I really could smell it, you know, that sort of whiskey smell, and it seemed sweet, and I drank it, and it was glorious. Man, and I immediately attached that first experience to drinking. Beautiful thing, inhalation. And after a few years of that and hard over drinking early, early, in my early 20s, I stopped drinking for 23 years of my life, going really cold turkey one day. Just cold turkey, no more drinking. Then after 23 years in a divorce, I thought, hey, you know, what's wrong with a drink? I mean, Jesus drank, right? Water and wine, and it's okay in moderation, as my father would say, in moderation. Now, did my genetic disposition suddenly arise from the depths of dormancy? Uh, You know, does it prove this, that I was born this way? No. I willed my way into it, made a decision, I made a choice to drink. Because I had a new belief, and that new belief was, this is okay. Then I can suddenly put two and two, this is okay, and that elation from that first drink together... Now, while I distinctly remember my first drink with total clarity and detail, I can't seem to remember the exact day, the time it was of day, circumstances, my surroundings visually, that my, quote, normal drinking turned into problem drinking, and then the problem drinking turned into a disorder and a biological chemical dependency to then suffering from the condition now called alcohol use disorder, AUD. I made it from dream to defect to disorder. You know, that's a big congrats, right? But it's a slow burn, my friend. And everyone who drinks ethanol is on that road. Everyone, no exceptions. Some get there quicker than others. They call themselves moderate drinkers, social drinkers, holiday drinkers, only at party drinkers, they can handle it, right? I've come to the conclusion that they are just at a different stage on the same slope. But have no doubt, I mean, they're all slipping and think they're okay. I thought I was okay. You know, talk to me in 23 years. Let me know how it worked out, where you're at. Now back to salt. Presuming you're on the road, right, to recovery, The American Heart Association recommends a max daily intake of about 2,300 milligrams, and that seems generous 
considering your body really only needs about a fourth of a teaspoon of salt, that critical functioning. So that's about 500 milligrams, right? And you're given 2,300 as recommended. So if you're eating right, you wouldn't have any issue unless you pile on the added salt, shake it onto your food. And yes, I've been guilty of salting my food before I even tasted it. In some foods, there's salt in it. You don't even taste the salt like colas, right? I mean, have you ever noticed that the better restaurants, you know, the three monies and up, they don't put the salt on the table because it's sort of an insult really to the chef who's really taken his art and prepared a masterpiece of this culinary perfection season just right. And, and by the way, three monies are moderately expensive as opposed to the one money dollar menu and the five monies got to dress up places. So if you suggest a place to your newfound romantic interest and, and they ask you how many monies, you'll know their base standard of living. So that's kind of a helpful hint there. So anyway, so where salt intake gets over the top, of course, is at restaurants and these processed foods that we eat. Uh, just yesterday, yesterday I had a BOGO coupon, buy one, get one, for a burger at a local uh, eatery here. We used the BOGO, and this place was hailed as a lifestyle. They sold lifestyle burgers, right? They got the keto burger. They got the paleo. And basically, these are burgers with lettuce and no bun, right? Except they may differ a little bit. Maybe the paleo might have some bacon, that type of thing. So I had the paleo, and it was great. No guilt. Tasted delicious. Had avocado on it. Mmm. They had the beef. They used Angus beef. 100% never frozen. Sounds great. I happened to be experimenting, though, with my sodium intake. And I was logging the details on the burger. Right? And so the sodium in this said healthy burger was 1,760 milligrams. Now that's 75% of that daily max in one burger. And not to mention I had cheese on that, right? So that's another 170 or so milligrams of salt on the pepper jack cheese. So I totaled out yesterday at an astonishing 3,544 milligrams of sodium. And I made it a point not to salt any food yesterday. So that number should send, you know, any heart specialist just raging through the hallways at this point. But, you know, you really got to watch out for those processed foods and when you're eating out it's just ugh. so we find sodium naturally uh, occurring in some unprocessed foods that we eat natural foods for a wide variety of meats fruits vegetables you know most are low in sodium or some have no sodium but some have sodium so with the exception of like eggs and cheeses other dairies have sodium also have you ever noticed that when you're sauteing spinach are charred Charred, charred. It only takes a bit of added salt really to oversalt it. If you only just add a little, it's really oversalted. Well, the reason is that these are naturally salted. They have sodium per cup. I think spinach has 125 milligrams or so and charred up to 300. So there's sodium in it already. Don't salt it. Just salt it after if you need to. That being said, you know, over the day, you might be surprised by the amount of sodium you get without even knowing. Because like sugar and somehow corn, I don't know, corn's in everything, right? Salt is used to process a variety of foods, many of which you wouldn't suspect have sodium or even added salt um, because they don't taste like it, like colas. 
You drink cola, one major company reports their recipe is between 54 and 73 milligrams per can. So you get a lot of sodium there, right? Now, half of the major sports drinks off the charts, but you expect it because they're fig- they figure, you know, you're working out, you need to replace sodium. Now, I trust by now, maybe you'll be thinking about watching that salt intake either way. Maybe you're overdoing it. Maybe you're binging and you're not eating sodium, or even if you are eating it, it's getting washed away. And always, if you need some help through recovery via nutritional guidance from a coach, uh, visit the website at 365recovery.life for more information on that. And join a few social media groups for the 365 Life Recovery community. Stay connected. And as always, if you need immediate attention, reach out to the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, or NCAD, at 1-800-622-2255. And they can place some resources in your hands on a local level that can help you out. Um, Next time, I'm going to chat about your mood and why you're always in a mood and why your radio version turns into the explicit version. And remember... Don't just hear me, listen. Listen.